Life hurts. Every day we go through trials and tribulations, but I want you to know that you are really special and you have a life ahead of you. We want to work on self-healing. We want to work on self-love. I want you to know that you are a queen that you are destined to be. And with this here podcast, you're going to learn that. And I want you to listen to every story that a woman have and just know that's work, baby. Hey ladies, this is Life Her Podcast. I'm Yvette Lloyd and we are here with Cherie Bell. How are you? I'm good. Okay. That's good. So we have a lot of things that go on in life today. Um, one of them is us uplifting and empowering other women. Do you feel like it's women that battle that sometimes? Um, absolutely. I actually was one of those women that battled that. Um, and I think a lot just had to do with my personality. I'm very direct. Um, when people see me, they think that I'm not personable. And I think that's just the, you know, the exterior, the look on my face. Um, but when people get to know me, they know that I'm just the sweetest thing ever. Um, but I did deal with that a lot over the years. Um, that is definitely something that I've struggled with, not having a lot of uh, female friends. So that is something that I uh, set out to improve. Sounds like that runs in the family. Well, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I've um, I've battled that too mm-hmm. as well, and it's real difficult, especially when you have when you try to be transparent with right. friends mm-hmm. and even family sometimes. Yes. And they judge you at the end of the day. So it makes you shut down and not want to be around anyone, not talk about it. So you got all this stuff bottled in. Did you find yourself having things bottled in? I did. Um, And unfortunately, because of that, growing up that way, I carried that into my marriage. And so there were a lot of uh, negative things that I experienced growing up, you know, carrying that into a relationship that, of course, affects that, Mm -hmm. along with um, friendships. Yes, that's very understandable. So let's go back, since you said it's things that you faced when you were young. So how was it for you as a young lady? Um, Growing up, uh, my family is very close-knit. Um, I grew up in the church, and so my parents were very strict. Um, There wasn't a whole lot that I could do um, as far as, you know, hanging out with friends, partying, things of that nature. You know, I always wanted to um, be in the mix, but my parents were always, um, they kept us very... tight, close-knit, under the roof. So, you know, that that made things difficult because the moment I left home and went to college, that's where I started to get in a lot of trouble. Oh, Yeah, so I got got to experience a whole lot in college because I was free, you know? So there wasn't anyone to say, no, Cherie, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, or you can't do this, you can't do that, I'm an adult now. You know, so being in control allowed me to um, experience quite a bit. Wow. Yes. So can you share with us a few of your experiences once you ventured out in the world? Because, you know, sometimes, um, you know, everybody says church girls are wild and stuff like that. So it could be to a point where sometimes the saying is true, but it's things that come with it just 
not judging automatically church girls are wild right. or parents that raise their children strict they turn wild so right. it's still a good thing in a sense too because mm-hmm. you have great parents they they just do the best they can as being a parent right and they doing things that they feel is right and right. then also mm-hmm. Our parents had a life before we came (laughs) also (laughs) to the point where they think by keeping us from certain things, they think it'll help us as well. And that I completely disagree. I think for in my situation, it did the opposite. Um, So once I got to college, that's where I started drinking, having sex I was doing any and everything I was partying um, and then I got that report card that first semester and it was a 1.2 and I said oh my god I said my parents are gonna kill me because that's how much I was out and about yeah. you know so for me it was that whole church girls are wild because my whole thing is if you don't let me experience certain things you know mm-hmm. prior to me becoming an adult and being out of the home, I'm going to want to do that more often. And so because of that, my mindset is now raising my kids, there are certain things uh, we have discussions about, we talk about, I allow them to experience certain things because I don't ever want it to get to a point where, you know, because I kept you from doing this or I didn't want to talk about that, now you're going to experience it on your own. Mm. But so my experience in college was, it was crazy. Um, And then, so for me, growing up in a family where academics comes first, it's valued, it's high on everybody's list, you're going to college, you know, it it backfired. It backfired for me. Um, So I had to work really hard to get back to that, trying to be that all A, all B student, you know, before I got kicked out. So I did not get kicked out. Thankfully, I graduated, so I learned a lot of lessons along the way with that. Um, but I think, too, I needed that experience um, just to prepare me for the real world to determine, okay, do I really want to go down this road or not? Mm-hmm. And that definitely wasn't something that I wanted to do. So, um, you know, once I graduated, that was it. You know, I said, okay, I'm an adult now. What what steps do I need to take next as far as, re, you know, trying to uh, present myself in a different light? Okay, so while you were being wild, what are the wild things you did besides drinking and everything? Were you like going to parties? It was definitely, you could find me at the club, the bar, probably Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to recuperate and get myself together for these classes. Um, It became... So bad to a point where I started skipping classes because I'm too tired, you know, or I'm hungover. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was always at a frat party. Uh, I was one of those more popular students Mm -hmm. because it was, okay, she's fun to hang out with. She's cool, fun to talk to. So we want to hang out with Cherie. So everybody's calling me, what are you doing this weekend? Or meet me there. And I'm there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't even have a car, a but I'm going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't miss so a I, beat I then. I did not miss a beat. I had, I must honestly say, I had a ball. So, and, I, and I don't regret anything mm-hmm. that I've ever done because, again, I feel like 
you know, anything that you do, you participate in, there's always a lesson to yes, be Yes, experiences are the best lesson. lesson. So, yes. kind of all. <laughs> <laughs> so, going into that, um, when did you get married and everything? Did you? So, when did you finish college also? So, I graduated 2003. So, once I moved back home... That's where, you know, my, my parents are like, okay, you back home with us now. And so here are the rules. And oh, that, like, that strict stuff clicked back in. Clicked right back in. So for me, that was a huge adjustment um, to this day. I have not adjusted even when I go home to visit um, because they still have their set of rules. So once really? I got, they do... Oh, Lord, they do. My mother still has a curfew on her car. That's her way of keeping me either in the house or you figure out how you're going to get wherever. My dad does not even let me drive his car. Oh, so man. Yeah, yeah. Lots of people can tell stories about that. Um, so they, <laughs> well, they I could tell that, too, rest. when I was younger. Mm-hmm. You know, when I used to ride my bike over there and yeah. stuff. He dated right Lord. right when I hit the premises, like it was like, all right now, this, this, this. And it's so yep. pretty. Even Nothing when you just changed. Yeah, it's just like when you pull up to the driveway, it's like it make you just wanna just get yourself together before <laughs> yes. you get in this house. Yes. Nothing has changed. And so when I got home, um, because I didn't get married until I was it was what, two thousand eight. So okay. I actually ended up in another relationship. Um, with a guy just for a couple of years, but that was a time for me to really, you know, try to grow from the lessons that I learned in college. Um, I ended up in an etiquette program because Lord knows I needed it badly. So I had to really get myself together, um, before I could even think about having a long-term relationship or getting married. And so fast forward to, um, 2007, uh, my, he was already, uh, an ex. We were high school sweethearts. And so for me, I think I was more in love with the idea of, hey, this was my high school sweetheart. We know each other. You know, I had written in his um, yearbook that we were going to get married. And so Mm -hmm. we had talked and said, you know what? This might be something that we could do because he and I were best friends over the years. And we, we didn't take the traditional route. It was... We were high school sweethearts. We've been best friends for the longest time. We need to go ahead and just do this. And so he proposed to me, um, February 2008, and we were married later that year in August 2008. So there was no, let's take time to get to know each other again. Let's start dating because I was still in Ohio. He was already down here in Atlanta. And so because we didn't take the traditional route, things turned sour a little quickly. Um, There were, to be honest, neither of us were ready for marriage like we thought we were. We did the whole premarital counseling at the House of the Lord, and there were red flags such as, um, you know, how do you feel about your significant other having friends of the opposite sex? And so for me, that was a sore spot because not because of the past, but because of certain things that were already taking place right. prior to us getting married. Um, 
you know, pictures in the phone and um, hearing about uh, different situations through social media, such as, you know, um, someone had reached out to me and said, well, you know, he's messing with such and such. And I'm thinking, what? You know, so I had to deal with a lot. Like before marriage? Before marriage. Oh, wow. And so I had to deal with a lot prior to getting married. And so, you know, hindsight, you know, I kick myself every now and again because I'm like, now, girl, you already knew what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, you should not have moved forward. But because I was in love with the idea of being with my best friend, my high school sweetheart, I wrote this in a yearbook. Like, it must be God. You mm-hmm. know, this has to be, this has to work. Yeah, every woman would think that yeah. way. So, and so, you know, we ended up. Um, I had a conversation with him and I said, listen, if this is what it's going to be, I don't want any part of that. And there, and because he's a charmer, mm. um, he's been a charmer since high school, you know, so I believed him and I felt I was one of those women that felt like I can change him because this has been my best friend. He wouldn't do this to me. Right. You know, and so along with that, my parents had already paid so much. For the wedding and I felt stuck like wow I can't we can't get out of this so I'm gonna need you to get your mind right mm-hmm. you know and we're gonna do this and so we end up getting married um just the first year was and you know people always say the first year is the most difficult yeah. year and it was but it became progressively worse not that everything was bad in the marriage but that first year I don't think we, for myself, I can say that I set unrealistic expectations. Wow. And, you know, so it was not just for myself, but for him as well. And so, you know, when you go into a marriage, you talk about what you're going to do for your significant Mm -hmm. other. I'm going to cook, I'm going to clean, and, you know, this is what I'm going to do to make the best of, you know, our marriage. And I did nothing. I didn't do any of those things. It felt like he was more of a roommate to me than a husband. And I believe he felt the same way. And that was simply because, you know, again, being in love with the idea of being with someone you expected to be with as you got older. And I think, was it also from people coming to you? with different things before you got married. Absolutely. You were still holding on to that Absolutely. also. Because later on, once I got a divorce, just to fast forward, I had to acknowledge my own toxic traits because I knew that was the only way that I was going to be able, be able to get over that hump and move forward with my life. And so one of my toxic traits at the time was holding on to, I held grudges. Like, I can't believe you did this to me. And, you know, why would you do that? And there were just so many different things happening Mm -hmm. to where I was like, I can't let this go. Right. And so that caused me to say, well, I'm not about to do anything for you. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, that was that made for a very difficult time, especially growing up in a home where, you know, if you get into it with a family member. Nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. And that was another toxic trait. We, growing up, we always swept it under the rug. Yes. You go for a day and you don't talk. 
<laughs> Second day, you're not talking. By that third day, somebody's going to crack a joke. Yeah. That's how we break the ice. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I took into my marriage. And it was the worst. Um, and so it then became, since I wasn't doing my part as a wife, he decided he was going to get needs elsewhere. And so because there were already red flags in the beginning, they just never stopped. And so that's where the cheating began. And so he, I lost count of the number of women because one of my, one of the other things I would always do, I'm going to look. If you always look, you are bound oh. to find something. Yes. <laughs> and when I tell you, there was so much that I found. Um, and it all just, and, and that's where I had, I felt stuck. I didn't know what to do. I think for for about four or five years, four years, I didn't talk to anybody about it. Nobody knew what I was dealing with. So you knew that long period of time? I knew. Did you ever confront him? I confronted him a countless number of times, whether it was me scrolling through Twitter, Facebook. I see, oh, why are you liking her picture? Why are you commenting that? Why would they say this to you? And so it became this roller coaster ride of trying to figure out what I can do to fix this situation. Because I've picked up my entire life. I've moved down here, new job, no friends. Um, I didn't really care for any of his friends because for one, I didn't know them, but two, I also knew a lot of his friends did the same thing, you know? So anytime I would confront him about, you know, where he was, why he didn't come home, it was always, oh, I was just, there was excuse after excuse, right? you know, oh, I slept in the car or I was at my homeboy's house, um, that's just pretty much all I got was just excuses, excuse after excuse. And so we ended up um, going to counseling at our church. And it was just it was just a back and forth of he now wants to change, but I want to be done, you know, and then it would flip flop. I OK, I want to work through this. He doesn't. So if you're, if it's like a game, it was just a back and forth tit for tat. And so the thing is, is that, you know, if nobody's willing to work on their selves, you know, their own issues and, you know, correct yourself, this is not going to work. It was more of me trying to change him because I felt like I was fine. You know, I wasn't doing anything wrong at that time anyway, you know, so counseling did not work for us. Um, We ended up in counseling multiple times, but the work, once you left that office, it was never done. So what made you stay so long without even, did you have that feeling of embarrassment to a point where, you know, your parents been married for years? So did you have that feeling like I'm married and I'm going to just stick through whatever I go through? For me, it was... I felt stuck because I heavily relied on him for everything, financially, 
Um, he has always made more money than me. And in our marriage, I didn't he I didn't even have knowledge of certain accounts. He had from to my knowledge, he had separate accounts that he would keep money in. I knew nothing about them. But my dad ended up telling me that he picked up on a conversation that he had another account. And so I didn't know, you know, when it came to paying bills, I would tell him, I'd say, you know, so if anything ever happened to you, I would need to know what needs to be paid. You know, I need to know how we need to be able to, I need to be able to survive and make sure that I can keep this house going. Um, he would not give me the account numbers. And so I'm like, how do you not trust your own wife? And so I think because I had been following behind him and questioning him for so many different things, he just lost trust in me completely. So I, to this day, I couldn't even tell you what these other accounts were. And so, mm -hmm. because when I, when we got married, the whole deal was you pay for whatever bills you came in with, mm -hmm. I pay for my stuff. And so were you we just working? Didn't, so I was working, I was okay. teaching, but when, at that particular time in Georgia, um, the school district I was in lost accreditation. And so for years, a good four or five years, I didn't even get a salary increase. So, okay. and I was getting paid once a month in that oh. district. So I relied on him financially more um, than anything because he was the breadwinner, he was making good money. And so, but going back to that, I felt stuck because I'm like, I've never been on my own before. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I'd ever lived outside of my home in Akron. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, how would I even be able to start over? I don't have a heavy savings uh, because he has control of the savings account. I don't know those accounts. He's not giving me those numbers. So when you and got paid, it went into a, we joint, a joint account, account mm -hmm. together. So he had control of that too. Yes. Then. We okay. also had, now we did have separate, we had individual accounts where he'd say, okay, this would be like our allowance just to make sure we get our bills paid. And then, you know, we'll put a little bit in our, you know, for mm -hmm. something to eat, whatever the case. But even with that, you know, that was only, there was only so much going in that per month. Right. So our joint account was, that was, that was the only thing I really knew about. So that, of course, to me was a red flag. Um, but again, I didn't know how to handle that because he, I felt he was a manipulator. You know, I felt like he was keeping me there because he knew there was no way for me to go back home. Like, I mean, because I just didn't have you know, the knowledge that I have now that, right. you know, you really can do this. You can start over. I literally relied on him for everything, very dependent on him. And so, uh, because he, he really took care of everything outside right. of my personal bills. And so he would, over the years, we continued to go through the cheating. And I mean, I was just absolutely humiliated so, because a lot of it played out on social media. Um, um, so with him, like with him cheating and everything, you know he's cheating, mm -hmm. you still with him mm -hmm. and everything during that time. 
were you still sexually active with him? Do you guys have children? So we were, it depends. Because like I said, not everything, the majority of everything in our marriage was bad, but we still had some good moments. And I think that was just based on our history of knowing each other forever, um, being high school sweethearts, our families, you know, we're still cool with one another. And so there were still moments we would still be intimate, but not as much as we could have been. And that simply was because in my mind, I'm thinking about you're, you know, you've been with these other women Mm -hmm. and I felt like I, you know, he's probably comparing me to them. And then, you know, so how do you perform? And then on his part, you know, he had difficulty performing at times because in his mind, he's thinking, you know, we got all this negative stuff going on and, you know, I've been with these other people. We just weren't vibing. We weren't vibing together at all. And so I remember asking him one day, are you thinking about sleeping with other women? Because this was early on. He was like, I'm thinking about how, you know, you can make me happier. And so the fact that he didn't even answer yeah, the question, just went just, around you it. know, further let me know, okay, he's, if he's not already, he's going to. I remember when, um, because we do have two children. Okay. I remember when I was pregnant with my son Harper, he's the oldest. And I was so stressed from our marriage to a point where I lost 25 pounds. Um, I could not, I could barely eat. I had acid, I had severe acid reflux and I could barely eat anything. I couldn't even keep water down. And so I remember the doctor telling me, you know, you're high risk. We got to get you on these shots to keep the baby healthy. Right. And so between being sick and pregnant, um, because I was not happy about being pregnant because you don't want to bring a child into some mess. Mm-hmm. And that's what we ended up doing. And so I remember um, I remember it like it was yesterday. I had a conversation with him and I said, you know, all of this that you're putting me through is causing me stress. And it was so stressful to a point where I considered having an abortion. I think I was about three and a half or four months pregnant. And I woke up one day and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, because I don't want, I didn't want to have any kids with him. I said, because the, where we were at that particular point was just not a healthy situation. It was highly toxic and I didn't want to bring a child into that. And so um, I, I remember it vividly. I wanted to have an abortion and I told him that. I said, because I don't, want you as a parent Mm -hmm. with my child it's just it just to me it was not going to work um thankfully I did not go through with that um but that just goes to show that's just how bad it had gotten and I had never felt so lonely um you know to to be carrying a child that's supposed to be one of the happiest moments ever Mm -hmm. and I just I was so lonely through that entire pregnancy so sick and I remember him telling me you know well other women talk about how when they're pregnant they do this to make sure they're not sick and I'm like you know to be compared like everybody's not the same you know everyone has different experiences with pregnancy and that was my first 
it was even harder um, being away from my family, you know, because I really wanted to go back home uh, where I had the support. So it's hard being in a place where, you know, your family's not there and you and your significant other, your husband, you're not getting along. And so I pretty much battled that alone. Um, so once our son was born, everything started to kind of fall into place. Okay. Um, because, you know, I know a lot of people say sometimes when you have babies, that can bring people bring, back bring together. together. Mm, but not for long. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, because the focus, of course, is going to be on the baby. You got to look at the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah. You got a kid to take care of now, so you need to get this together. But um, I want to say things continued. There was a Facebook group that um, he created. And it was just a Facebook group about, it was called You Think It, I'll Say It. And so we would just have conversations about things that, you know, whether it was going on in the world, things about relationships, marriages, whatever the case. And um, there were a lot of people in the group that already knew he had either inappropriate relationships with or conversations with. And so I was like, I know this is about to get messy. Um, and so, you know, I think he, he wanted to give it a try and let me in the group because he was like, I was say really you want was us in the group? To, he wanted us to, you know, kind of get things back together. But, you know, I think he was just a little too weak. I just don't think he really cared to do the things that I asked of him. Um, because there was a point where that group became that that was his thing i'm gonna be on facebook all the time he was yeah. like well i have to be in there because i'm i'm the admin of the group and i have oh, to it's monitor not that and deep. i said oh really <laughs> That's what it is now? not that deep and so right and so it, no. it got to a point where that's all his his focus was he was like i'm in this group because he and one of his friends they were trying to create an actual TV show, a talk show. And it would all stem from this Facebook group. So I said, so you think I'm really gonna believe this? And so with him, with him giving all of his time to Facebook, that left me lonely, neglected. And I'm like, you know, so we the men through so much. I mean, now if you're real. not giving me attention, how do you expect me to feel? And I will never forget, he told me one day, I asked him, I said, all I wanted was just some love, some affection, some attention. And he told me, I'm not going to do that. And, got, and got to type it right back again on Facebook. I said, oh, okay then. And so that was then my opportunity to go out and do my thing. And so there was a time where I cheated on him. Because I said, you know, if you're not, how do you expect me to just sit in this house next to you, just lonely? You're not giving me it. You're telling me flat yeah, out. Yeah, like, I am not you don't matter. To. You're not a priority. This Facebook is. And, and that's what it was. Yeah. That was his main focus. And so, like I said, that was my opportunity to do my thing. And I stepped out on him. Because I, my love language is being physical. Right. You know, you hold my hand, kiss me on my forehead, whatever the case. I just wanted somebody. Feel it. Just feel you it. You know, to just love on me a little bit. And so, um, with that, 
once he found out about that because he I think he saw he saw an email. Um, oh, so he started snooping. <laughs> he started snooping. I was like, oh, no, wait a minute. No, because your pattern <laughs> probably changed and he got yeah. used to you yeah, because being just in the house with mm-hmm. the kids. With the, yeah, Catering worried about what he doing. It was yes. like he liked it, but once right. you stopped caring and That's occupied your time. Red flag went Oh, up. yeah. And so it became... You know, that's where, because I completely lost myself in that marriage. Things like, to this day, there are still some things that I struggle with because I try to rebuild my confidence in certain right. areas. And so um, once he found, yeah, he found an email. I had left my email up on his um, desktop and it wasn't done intentionally. Right. I literally thought I clicked off and I didn't. And so... He saw the email, and it wasn't even, it was simply the guy saying, hey, I love you, I'll see you soon. And so, um, once, <laughs> it's funny because we had a conversation, he finally brought it up like a week later, and he was like, so this is what you do? And I said, whoa, wait a minute. I said, all these women, and you're upset about one guy? I said, when you specifically is. told me. This is what you were not going to provide for me. And so you're upset because I sought out something, someone else who was willing, <laughs> you know, to, to do that. Not that I was right. I mean, of course I was wrong. But at that moment, it felt good to have somebody else, you know, want to please you, give you that attention. Um, and so I think that shook him. That really shook him up to think that, Oh, so she's gonna play my game too. So you did know? he did he change? Did he wanna leave? He didn't want to leave, to my knowledge anyway. Um, did he change? No. Because um I don't think that he changed. I think he was just more quiet than anything. I think it's something that was just constantly on his mind, like, wow. You know, I, I do think that we ended up back in counseling at mm-hmm. some point but I think at that point the damage had already been done so, because it seems like it's guys have a harder time because no guy guys don't want the the mental the the image of another man having mm-hmm. sex with, they, with their girlfriend or their wife. wife yeah you know and I think at that point he was just he had tuned out. And I think that, um, I don't think it made our marriage any better or any different. I think it was just like, now you got to deal with it. Yeah. You know, so now you're constantly wondering what I'm doing when I'm out. I was still in a Facebook group and I remember there was a guy who had complimented me on Uh you know just and this is somebody that he knew you know it was there for everybody to see he just said something about you know you have such a um something about being dope you you know you're dope you're a cool chick or whatever pretty smile Mm -hmm. whatever something to that effect and i remember him questioning me about it and i said how dare you really so now a guy can't even give me a compliment i'm like why would he do that in the group you're the admin. He's not trying anything. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, oh, so are you talking to him? I'm like, oh, 
Okay. So that's where it became, again, a tit for tat. Yeah. Like, oh. And so I had to tell him, like, listen, what I did was a one-time thing. And I said, just because I said you attacking me just simply tells me that this is what you're doing. This is what you've been doing. And so now you're afraid that I'm constantly doing this. So like, when no. you when you cheated, how did you feel cheating? I mean, you know, sometimes when people uh, cheat, they want to um, get rid of that pain for that moment, but you still got to go right back to it. Yeah, and for me, it was it felt good in the moment, but I did feel guilty because that just wasn't who I really yeah. was, and. You know, I was concerned about whether or not, um, you know, because once he realized who it was, he ended up saying, oh, well, I'm going to I'm going to say something to his significant other. And I'm like, now you can do that if you want to. I was like, but why would you try to damage everybody else? And so that's actually the situation I ended up in. So this Facebook group had gotten really out of hand. Um, but prior to that, I, he had kicked me out and it was because I had gotten into it with one of his friends. Um, quite a few people got kicked out and ironically, some of the people that got kicked out were significant others of others, uh, other people that stayed in the group. And so I happened to be at work one day and I was on my lunch break and I'm just scrolling through Facebook. And when I tell you this was nothing but God. This was my confirmation because I had kind of toyed with the idea of getting a divorce. Because I'm like, at this point, nobody should have to deal with this. Right. Nothing's changing. You're still dealing with other women. I've stepped out on you. And I'm like, the damage is done. And so that's where I had to think about my game plan. What am I going to do? God, when I tell you I ended up back in that group about a year, maybe a year and a half after being kicked out. Mm-hmm. A glitch in the system threw me back into this Facebook group. So he had no clue you was in no there? No clue. None wow. of the other people knew. So I'm scrolling through, scrolling through. I see a picture of a woman in her breast. Um, I see a penis out here. And then I see um, it looked like uh, there was a party that had taken place. Now, I was not invited to this party. I had Harper at the time. So we were at a hotel and he had gone out and partied with some of the people. They had all come in town to hang out. And I see condoms being held up. I'm like, oh, really? So that's what y'all were doing that night. Um, And so the group had, it had turned into a sex group, basically. Yeah. Posting pictures of their bodies. Um, There was a picture and he completely denied it, but there was a picture of a guy having sex with a woman. And I, when I tell you, I find out everything. I was like, I should have been a detective because I had done so much research and looking mm-hmm. for this and that. I had looked at a reflection in the mirror and I was like, I know that is not that tattoo on that stomach. And to this day, I'm sure he would deny it, but I strongly believe it was him in the picture with this other woman. So I'm like, I see this tattoo, you know. So once I saw all that, people started realizing yeah. I was in the group because you can see who's looking at posts and things. Oh of that yeah, nature. like when they say "seen" on there, they said he 
and we could probably laugh about it today, but he told me that his DM started blowing up. And so I'm looking at who all is still in this group, and I'm like, y'all realize what he's doing to me, and y'all yeah. smile in my face every day. And so I took it out on a lot of people. I didn't say anything. I just started deleting people left and right. Like, y'all knew all about this. Some family members. I'm like, y'all are, because my whole thing And no is, one came to you and said nothing. That said amazes me sometimes because it's like nobody will come to you mm -hmm. about something like that, but they'd come to you with something else. Right. Or if they in your shoes, they'd right. be like, why you ain't tell me, you right. know? So that had to been hurtful. It, it was hurtful. Um, I think hindsight, I look at it now and think about how people don't just don't want to get involved at all because they know both parties. But to me, I look at it like... But y'all already involved. Right. And I look at it as if he's a friend of yours, you should be trying to hold a friend accountable because I'm one of those friends where I don't care whether you, you know... Um, like me correcting you or checking you. It, wrong is wrong, right is right. But if if you're wrong, you know, I'm going to tell you. Because mm -hmm. I'm not one of those friends that's going to sit here and let you act a fool and not call you out mm -hmm. on it. You know, so a lot of people, I probably deleted about 70 people that day. Good and God. then what I did, I said, as soon as I get home, because at that point I had moved out. Where they are from Georgia and Akron? Yes. Oh, that's Georgia and Akron. That's Especially Akron. Because I was like, come on, y'all. Um, and then, of course, people were involved that I knew that he had denied for so long. Oh, I'm not messing with her. I'm not talking to her. They were all involved. They had inappropriate relationships. And so here I had 140 pages worth of proof that you had been doing this and that. I had took screenshots, I had copied, pasted, I had a whole Microsoft Word doc that I was gonna take to court. Because I wanna say about a few weeks before that I decided I needed to move. At mm -hmm. that particular time, I was pregnant with Mackenzie. Now, so just to rewind a little bit, um, three years later, or two years later, things seemed to get a little bit better. This was about 2012. Okay. Things that seemed to get a little bit better, I had moved out. Um, I had taken my teacher retirement from Ohio and I said, I'm leaving because the final straw for me was we were in Akron for, it was either, I think it was Thanksgiving and he left his work phone out. Now I had already known that there was someone from Akron living down here that he was dealing with because again, people get messy. They yeah. start telling you it's about, it's the way in which they tell you. Yeah. And that bothered me too. And so um, his work phone was out and come to find out it appeared he was paying her bills. And I was like, what? <laughs> that's what it, it looked like. I could be wrong, but that's what it looked like. And, and she was talking about how she was, um, you know, she was upset. She was probably going to have to move home and this and that. And so he felt Just sorry for her the and was trying to help her do this and that. And I was like, I'm done. And that was a long trip back down here to Atlanta. That was a long 12 hours of silence. Because <laughs> I was like, you know, we'd have been through so much. Mm -hmm. And at that point, that's where I was like, you know what? I think it's about that time. 
um, to call it quits. And, you know, so now having two kids, um, because in my mind, things have been going so well. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, we may be able to bring another kid. You know, things are cool. And turns out things were not, had not changed. How was that pregnancy compared to your first now, one? Now, with now being pregnant with Mackenzie, I still felt that sense of loneliness, mm-hmm. not as much as I did with Harper, but because we were somewhat on the same page, it was mm-hmm. a lot more pleasant. Our interactions were a lot better. That's um, good. And then I think, too, because I was having a girl, you know, because I had to throw that thing in his ear. Now, imagine how somebody treats your daughter, you know, the way that you're treating me, mm-hmm. how would you feel? And, um, but again, that <laughs> not changed. I think for me at that final, that particular moment, I had a birthday party for him at our house and I invited all these people and, um, I will never forget. There was a, there was a woman there who she was just in everybody's face and I'm like, he's married, he's married, you're in my husband's face. Um, guys, I had a girlfriend, she was in their and you threw this party? I threw this party. Okay. And I was like, hmm, because I was telling him, certain people just will not be invited. That's mm-hmm. that. Like, because you're trying to get back on track. And I will never forget, he, he was so drunk, he had passed out on the floor and she had come back in the house. She left with her friend. Cause I was like, you know what? It's probably time for her to go. I was like, cause she's in everybody's face. She's doing too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, she ended up coming back in the house and she had gotten on the floor by him and almost looked like she wanted to get on top of him. And that's where I said, dear Jesus, help me. And I had to go over to her and say, I need you to get out of my house. Cause you're doing too much. I said, come get your friend. I said, cause she's getting ready to get in some trouble. Um, so she left, and but her interaction with him, that's what made me realize. I was like, you know what? She was a little bit too close for me. Too comfortable. Next thing I knew, he left that phone out. He had gone to take, um, take the kids to the daycare. And she texted him. She had texted him. Mm-hmm. He had mm-hmm. sent pictures. And so over the years, that's what it was. I'm sending you pictures. I'm sending you videos of, you know, pleasure in myself. And I'm when I go out, I'm hanging out. I'm I'm just doing my thing. He it was seems doing like he thing. may have had like an addiction or something. And so for me, I felt like he's he's definitely a narcissist. I felt like um, marriage is not for him. No. Because to me... Relationships you know, at all. Yeah. And that's that's how I viewed it. I said, I don't think marriage is for you. I had talked to one of his best friends, and his best friend had told me, he's, he said to him, day one, you are not ready for marriage. You do not need to marry her. And he followed. He just went ahead and did it anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's when I ended up saying, you know what? I'm done. Um, but I didn't tell him. I had to get my game plan together. Because yeah, I said, to. okay, this is it. You need to figure out financially how you're going to survive because there was a point where um, he he was in the middle of transitioning jobs. And so I took on insurance. I took on pretty much everything except for the mortgage. 
And so with that coming out of my check, my checks were $730 every other week, Ooh. which means I really had to rely yeah. on him, you know, once he got started with his job. And so it just happened to be at that moment where I followed through with the divorce. There was a time where he kept telling me he wanted a divorce. I want a divorce. You know, maybe we should get a divorce. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. Right. Because you're not going to keep, um, you're not going to continue to um, tell me that you want a divorce. You're threatening me. Yeah. Because you're trying to force me to, to do whatever it is that you think that I'm not yeah. doing. And then and I make said, you feel bad. And right. I think I think every woman should have an exit plan. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. when you know you done reached your max and everything, you yeah. should start saving money. Absolutely, you should just go Absolutely. look at places. Like, okay, this is how much I'm gonna be spending. Absolutely. And that's like what just I did. different things. That's exactly what I did. I had to because I said, okay, I don't have the savings because he has everything in the savings. I don't have access to you know, those account numbers. So I called my parents um, because at that very moment, I pulled my check. I said, I'm not putting anything in a joint account because I had, I said, okay, I took a day off of work. While he went to work, I just walked around the house gathering all the documents I needed. I looked at bank statements. I was looking at everything. Um, I had even questioned him about STDs because I'm like, listen, I'm pregnant now. Like, there was a time where um, I constantly had yeast infections. I'm like, I don't get yeast infections. Yeah, that's you the know, bacteria of another woman. You know, a lot of people don't realize absolutely, that. Absolutely, because yeah. you are passing it back and forth, back and forth. And so, so you wasn't having protection at all you for been. me to, and then you accumulate right. your vagina starts to feel different. Absolutely. And, and that's, and that's where I started questioning. I yes. said, listen, I already know you're having sex with other people. I was like, but I'm experiencing things that I know I shouldn't because I'm not doing anything on my end, have not done anything in a long time, mm -hmm. you know? And so I just told somebody the other day, it's crazy. I was like, you know, ever since I've completely been done with them, I haven't had issues, not one issue. And that okay. just further let me know, you know? So I had asked him, I was like, you know, when's the last time you've been to the doctor to get checked? Yeah. He was like, um, Oh, no, I, I, he was like, I was like, have you been to the doctor? He was like, no, I ain't been to the doctor for anything. Me too. I, he had. Because, again, like I said, I took a day off. I said, let me gather all these documents I need because he's, although he's smart, he's not smart enough. He, you ain't going to be smarter than me. Because mm -hmm. I've already but got you my know, game But you know, when a woman mad, <laughs> make some wonders. Ooh. I'm telling you, make some wonders. And yes. you get to thinking straight. You do. Because, you know, it's like we, we're so loving. We're so mm -hmm. caring. Mm -hmm. We want to help them. We baby slide. them and slide. You, you and, know things are Yeah, happening, but, but once we hit that point, we go full force. And that's what <laughs> and I did. tear them up, too. I saw, I had doctors... Um, there was there was a particular document where he had gone to get tested right after I got pregnant. Right right after he found out I was pregnant, he went to the doctor. And I was like, oh, so you got tested for this, this, and this. So I kept that. I had bank statements. I started highlighting different things. I'm like, oh, so 
you are saying you're going to work, but I see here you were up in Buckhead having dinner or lunch. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of different things. I was like, okay, so you spending money on other people. That's a problem. Because again... Because yeah, it's your money too. Exactly. So I was like, okay. So I called my parents and I said, listen, I'm done. I need your help. And my parents, it's the one thing I can say about my parents, they will give people their last. If you need anything, you call them, they're going to figure out a way to help you. Mm -hmm. And my mother was like, what's the amount? I'll send a check now. I know that's like I right. $1,700. I said to divorce this fool. I said, because this, 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 and this is happening, and I'm done. I don't want to be a part of it anymore. Sent me the check. I paid my attorney. Ball was rolling. And so, because he wasn't coming home at normal hours, you know, right after work, he may stroll in at 8 o'clock. I may not see him till 10 o'clock. Good was God. Like, you out here so really you out a full day like you fully single. Right. And that's that's what it ended up being. And so for me, I'm then thinking... Then it's like you got keys to spend time with. Absolutely. But he had already told me when we had Harper, he was like, I need you to spend more time with Harper. He was like, because I need... To get this show up and running. Oh. And I said, oh. Okay. Just that simple. So, huh? And and so that's how we were living. We were roommates. And so because I didn't have the extra money to leave, we were in the house during the whole divorce hey, process. Roommate, together. you were single mom. That's <laughs> pretty much doing what it everything, was. but yet he living life to the yeah. fullest with both of y'all's mm -hmm. money. Right. Right. And so I had him served. Um, at work. Oh. <laughs> I had God. to start at work <laughs> and I had the sheriff do it. Well, the sheriff was cheaper. <laughs> so Good God. So you got the sheriff go to his I job? I had the sheriff go to his job. But Ooh. in my defense, like I told him, because I had a phone call about to get cussed out. He I was said, tired. Wait a <laughs> I said, he was like, you had the sheriff. My job. I said, wait a minute, sir. <laughs> I said, wait one minute. I said, you have to realize you don't come home at normal hours. Why am I having the sheriff come to the house and it's just me and the kids? You're not going to be here. I was like, so I know you bought that money. Mm -hmm. You're going to be at work. You're lucky you was at work and <laughs> not at dinner. And you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, so he uh -huh. was served and that's where it really got ugly. That's when it became ugly um, because I was still in the house. And so I was just like, you know, my whole thing was think about the kids, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm just writing down my goals. This is what I need to start looking at. I wanted to come back. I wanted to go back home because I said, that's where my support system is. I knew my parents could help me out with picking up the kids from school, things of that nature. And so he agreed to let me go home. And then I don't know who got in his head or who got in his ear, but he then refused to let me go home. I had already had a job. I had a teaching job. I already had the kids enrolled in Christian school, and he changed his mind. He ended up getting, his attorney was a bulldog. She was rough. And for a moment, I was actually concerned as to whether or not they would even let me keep the kids because he had twisted everything to talk about how, you know, she's always depressed because that's something that I struggled with. Right. I'm like, look at what's happening with us. Yeah. Yes, I'm depressed. I'm experiencing so much anxiety. And then he had a woman attorney too. Ooh. 
Good. And he ended yeah. up he ended up hiring a guardian attorney, um, who basically who also I found out worked with his attorney on another case. And I said, Well, that's bias right there. Yeah. You know, and so but she ended up saying if you know, if she wants to leave, she can, but the kids will need to stay with their dad. And so for you me, that was difficult. I know that was rough. That was difficult for me because I had a list of things on paper showing, proving that he was not fit to have the kids full time. Um, you know, for example, because my, my, when I tell you, my son tells it all. He will tell me everything. Yeah, so dad left us in the car by ourselves. He went in the grocery store. I said, excuse me? Those types of things. Um, him sitting in the front seat with no seat belt going to the grocery store, but you're strapped in. There were, you know, it, it turned out to be one of those things where you, you're not even getting the kids dressed fully. You know, they look a mess. Mm-hmm. Mackenzie's hair is not done. So I just felt like you you don't want to be with the kids. You're constantly out. I kept a log of the times that he would leave when he returned. Sometimes he wouldn't come home. Wow. I called his mom one time and I said, listen, it's 6.30 a.m. Your son is not home. I was calling hospitals, police stations, called his mom. And I'm like, he said he fell asleep in the car. Yeah, so okay. I was still dealing with a whole lot of mess. The divorce process got messy. You know, like I said, my check was only $737 every other week. But then now you're making me responsible for paying half the child care. I'm like, how? I don't have the extra money to do that because I still have my personal mm-hmm. bills to pay. And so I was like, I need you, God. I had a come to Jesus moment because I'm like, I am a child of God. Like, he's mm-hmm. not about to let me go out like a, this. I know you, it was like you probably went through a whole breaking point. Just mm-hmm. I did. depressed. You're mm-hmm. Losing your babies. Like, right. okay, you could right. do whatever, but you, when you get to my kids, That's like, come on. Different, that yeah. was a whole different fight. Um, because I, I had to fall on my knees because I said, I need I need to get out of this. But I let me leave, leave with some dignity. I said, yeah. this is ridiculous. You know, financially, like, my credit took a major hit. I think my credit was, like, Five hundred twenty something. I wonder if um, that. I couldn't. I didn't have a credit card or anything because I'm like I don't want a credit card because I don't want to run that up and then have extra bill, you know. So it. I prayed and prayed and prayed, and I was like, "Girl, get yourself together. You always come out on top. Mm-hmm. Figure out how you're gonna make it work." So I did what I had to do. If it if it meant because he didn't want to give me any money. I was like, if it meant me selling clothes to get gas money, I did that. I was pulling out clothes like, I don't wear this, 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 this. I'm going to sell these baby clothes back um, because the kids are getting bigger. Mm -hmm. I did whatever I could to make it work. Gas money. Um, If it meant me, um, I went to a credit union. I said, listen, I had gathered all my bills. I said, listen, this is my situation. I'm going through a divorce. He's evil. He's going to do whatever he can to not pay me child support. I was like, I need a lower bill. I said, I just need one, put everything, one lump, mm-hmm. pay one bill a month. And when I tell you, they, God was so faithful at that moment. They worked with me. 
Um, I had lumped everything together. I literally was paying only $230 a month and wow. had money left over to take care of the kids. That's good. And so I've always been resilient despite anything that has happened to me. And so once we were officially divorced, I had a whole different battle because, you know, it, it became, he ended up dating one of the many women that he cheated on me with. Jesus. And so that was the next battle. to Because yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking, now Atlanta is big, but it's really small. You can run into a lot of the same people. And so for me, I'm like, I don't want to run into my ex-husband with this other woman. Right. Because despite all the things that we went through together, I still loved him. Because we, you know, we just have so much history. Y'all was best friends. We were best friends. And so that was one of the things. I stayed in the house all the time because I was like, I do not want to run into him. I don't know how I'm going to respond, react. Um, Because I was very hurt. You know, I was like, how do you, because he still wanted to be a family. He, his parents would call and say, you know, we still want you to come for Christmas. No. You know, my thing was like, absolutely not. I don't want to be a part of that. Um, Especially when I just you had a lot trying of to take my to kids from me and right. everything. And so then, you well, And then in addition to that, his parents, now his parents are marriage counselors. And so the irony. What? And so <laughs> along with that, his mom was sending me text messages, Bible verses, talking about why we should not divorce, we should not do He must this, have a void from his own childhood then for him to be the man that he mm-hmm. was to you. Right. Right. Then, you know, because you grew up with parents who, I mean, his parents are no different than my parents. You know, so it's like, where did you go wrong? Like, what happened that caused yeah. you to go down this completely different path? And so, I mean, it was so bad. I, I had gone off on her. I got my number changed because I'm like, I listen, I know what the Bible says. The Bible also says, you know, that you shouldn't cheat. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to, I was like, I'm not gonna, because the thing is, she didn't know everything. Yeah. And so I had to tell her about the secret Facebook group. I had to tell her, I said, the the woman who he's bringing to your house now, I said, she's part of that. She's part of the reason why, you know, we're mm-hmm. divorcing. And so I think she was just, you know, kind of shocked. Yeah, because nobody wants to see their child in a mm-hmm. negative light, you know. And so once we finally got divorced, I think it took there were two years of just us, both of us being evil to one another, being petty. And, you know, if I it got to a point where he took money from my child support, he took some of my child support to pay child care because I told him, I said, listen, over the summer. Me being a teacher, I get that I can be with the kids every day, but I need to, I need my time to. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, I'll pay for child care then because technically I'm responsible for child care according to our divorce documents. But what I did not know he was going to do was take the child support money and do it himself. And so that caused checks to bounce because yeah. you just took this money from me without my permission, without my knowledge. And now you're messing me up. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God. 
You know, how can somebody be so evil? I'm he trying is to so take cold. care of our kids, and this is what you're doing to me. It's like he's doing a lot of things to Ooh, affect the kids. Bad. And that was my thing. Now, in the meantime, I ended up in another relationship, I think, I want to say about a year later okay. after the divorce. And um, he was he was a great guy, um, older. I felt like he was more mature. And I said, okay, now, because the thing is, is when you've been through a divorce, you already know what you're not getting ready to put up oh, with. Oh, yeah. What you're not going to deal with. Know which way to exit absolutely. is. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, you know, I had to help him understand, like, listen, now that I've been through this, I know this is what I'm looking for. Because I'm mm-hmm. not getting ready to do anything else. And so um, we we were really good together for the first, first probably about a couple of years. Um, he was really good to my kids. He treated them like they were his own. He would buy clothes for them. He, he just really gave them a lot of attention and spent time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, while on the flip side... I felt like my ex-husband was not doing that simply because my son would come home and say, well, he just put us in front of the TV or just put us on the just tablet. Give him some snacks. Entertain yourselves, you know, because he was working. But um, I will never forget the day I, <laughs> I brought my then significant other to my ex-husband's house and um, they met for the first time. Now, of course, my kids had already known him for quite some time, and so he saw how they were interacting, and he just completely flipped out. I found out from a friend of his that, you know, he was questioning, oh, why is he calling my daughter princess? And I said, okay, now wait. You knew there was a possibility of me being in another relationship, but you already got your own relationship, so why are you worried about me? Because it's... You, See, you want that control. Like you can't have it. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Yes. It's not going to work that way. Um, and so ultimately, I because after two years, I think it was Father's Day. Two years after our divorce, I sent him a text message and I said, "Listen, enough is enough. I'm done with being petty, being evil, Just and get tired of vice it. versa." I said, "Takes." so much energy for me and I don't have that and I said you know I regardless of us not working out I said you gave me two of the most beautiful blessings that I could ever ask for I said so moving forward this is what I want our relationship to look like I was like you know I don't care about you dating other people I was like but understand they better behave accordingly I was like, you know, if somebody's going to be in our kid's life, I need to meet them. I need to talk to them and be, you know, be able to feel comfortable with someone else being around them, mm-hmm. knowing that they're going to treat them the right mm-hmm. way. And so I went over to his house one day, and that's where I first met her. Um, and again, this was the woman who, one of the many he was cheating on me with. And I want to say this probably within our last two years of marriage, they were interacting. Right. And so I could tell it was very awkward for her. Um, but I was at a point where I was so at peace. Peace, yes. Um, because when we were getting our divorce there, I remember telling him, I was like, do you understand that I have not cried one drop? 
I'm at peace with this decision that I'm making because he said he didn't want to get the divorce. I said, no, you just don't want to pay me child support. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was. We had a battle with how much he was going to pay. And at first he's like, I'm not paying you anything. Then he said $200. He's like, let me get you some diapers, get some food. Mm. I said, okay. So we must still be living in the house then. I was like, because 200 is not going to do anything. He upped it to 700 And so that just, again, it just, like I told the courts, I said, that just lets me know he doesn't even care, yeah. you know, because you don't even want to provide for your kids. So, um, but when I, fast forward, once I met her and I said, listen, um, you're going to be in my kid's life. I said, so we need to be able to communicate and, you know, you don't have to like me or anything. I said, but I would like for us to try to develop some type of relationship to where the kids are still able to, you know, feel comfortable and right. we are feeling comfortable around one another. Oh, that's big. Um, and it's so funny because people to this day are like, how do you do that? I said, yeah. when you've prayed and you've, because what I had to do was take a step back and say, how did I contribute to this mess? Because I can't blame everything on him. I did my dirt. Um, I had my toxic traits that I brought in. And I just prayed about it. Because I was like, you know, the bigger picture for me is I want our kids to see that despite us not working out, we can still get along. We can mm -hmm. still be a family. We can still do family things together at times. You know, so I wanted them to grow up in a positive environment. So and is he so, still in a relationship with her now? Ironically, they just broke up about a year ago. Okay. Um, but they still have a relationship to a point where the kids still interact because she has a son. Okay. And so sometimes they hang out. Now, he and I can laugh about it because I found out from my son, because again, he tells everything she had moved in with him um, just last summer. And so I didn't think, you know, I thought everything must have really been on point if she was moving in. And he had broken up with her like maybe five months after that. And so my son is like, you know, they're moving now. And I'm like, no, Harper, like, no, they just moved in. What are you talking about? Tell it, Harper. He's like, no, they're <laughs> moving out. And so I'm calling him like, oh, is there anything you want to tell me? He's like, yeah, let me call you back because she's here. And I don't want to talk about it. I was like, oh, Lord. So... Our relationship has grown to a point where we're back to being great friends. And mm -hmm. I think that's just what where we really should have kept it. Mm -hmm. um, but we can have those conversations. And it just, it, it just happened to be, he's like, it just didn't work out. He said, as soon as we got our divorce, he's like, I should have just sat my butt down and chilled out. He's mm -hmm. like, because I was already doing too much. He was like, but as soon as we got in a relationship, he said, things went south. And I said, look at karma. So you see how Carver came back yeah. full circle, and so we yeah. can, and so it's cool because we can laugh about it, yeah. Um, you know, and and just discuss certain things, things that we would have done differently. Because, like I said, for me, it was so now it's to a point as a relationship, as parents, mm -hmm. as ex-husband and wife, mm -hmm. you guys are both at peace with each other. We are definitely at peace. Um, I can call him now, joke, laugh, and there's there's no hard feelings because to me it's like what's done is done one of the toxic traits i wanted to get over was not holding grudges you know i don't ever i would never speak ill of him 
um, to our kids because my whole thing was like, listen, if you don't change, the kids are going to pick up on that. They're mm-hmm. going to see, you know, because the kids would ask me, so what happened? Uh-huh. I'm like, well, for one, that's not your business. Yeah. You know, grown business. <laughs> I said, but two, I said, mommy and daddy just, we just grew apart. I said, it just didn't work out and we're better as friends and co-parents. So how are you now, like today, <laughs> how are you? Um, so today, I'm good. I'm, I'm actually good. I have um, dating. We'll see, here's the thing. Dating in Atlanta is different. Um, the guy that I ended up with, we broke up because... For me, dating someone older, he was much older than me. I think, because uh, I'm just 38, I think at the time he was 52. Mm-hmm. You know, I usually like him older. But I think for me, I right now, I like the single life. I like having my space. I like mm-hmm. not having to answer to anybody or having somebody question me about what I spent money on or what mm-hmm. I'm doing. You know, so I'm good where I am now, but I will say I do miss certain moments of sharing with someone on a more consistent basis, um, especially when it comes to holidays. Right. So that occasionally can be a little difficult, um, but I am good where I am now. That's good. Now, I will say initially going through all of this, I was like, I'll never get married again. I was like, it was too much. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. You may say that now. Well, I say that now. But I said that three years ago. But um, because I have been proposed to twice. What? (laughs) The fear is thick. (laughs) And so that's the thing, because that was the guy that I had broken up with about uh, a year ago now. And so I was just scared because I was like, listen. Mm-mm, mm-mm, because there were red flags that I saw. Like I said, you yeah, know, once you've been married, you're yeah, like, uh, you see, stuff. I see where this is going. Yeah, <laughs> I am not going down that road. <laughs> and I felt overwhelmed. He, it was too much with that guy. He just was um, constantly up under me. Okay. Like, listen, I need some so look how you go from you wanting your husband under you and now you get a man that's up under you and now you just like yeah like girl now so the difference with this guy was he he didn't have any male friends like he just didn't have friends like there was you know he didn't um, call up the guy, say, "Hey, let's go for, let's go get a drink at the bar, let's go to the strip club." Because I mean, it's Atlanta. Like y'all, you don't go to the strip club. Like this is the Atlanta way of life. You know, he didn't do he's those things. At, he's fifty something. He probably tired. Oh, He'll get over it. Like you Lord, know, just chill. Much. It, it was like, even if I wanted to go out with some of my girlfriends, well, can I go? No. Like, this is just me and the girls. Like, well, and you I, probably should have gained that understanding, too. But I don't think he trusted me. Now, I I think I was a little too transparent with him as far as, because he would ask about past relationships, you know, what you liked, what you didn't like. See, that's what I, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the hard part. <laughs> I, like, I it's know. cool it's... to be transparent, but I think 
you have to be very mindful boundaries of what you share yes you have to because they bring it on to you and act out that way and they be like dang i wonder if she gonna was, do that to me yes you just and can't be all the way 100 <laughs> i learned that the hard way because then it turned into oh these guys are still in akron what? Yeah, so when you go to Akron, what oh you doing to Akron? <laughs> so it got to a point where, you know, he'd be like, I invited him for the new year. I think this is like the first year we were together. And I said, yeah, you know, come for the new year or whatever. Now, of course, my parents like, uh, one, does he know Jesus? Yeah. And two, oh, he ain't staying he here. He's staying here. here. Gotta got to get like, a oh, in there. Yes. But it turned into... Okay, so you get to a hotel room, we stay there, whatever. But one of the things, the red flags for me is finance finances. I'm like, you don't understand what I just went through and how I finally got myself yeah. back together up over that 700. Because I'm like, listen, I've been working hard. He was financially, I just, we were just not financially compatible. I'm cool with somebody being broke if you are actively trying to trying to better for yourself it. yeah that, yes, I mean, it's always just, room for that absolutely. and then we can motivate each other absolutely so i'm cool with that but it becomes a whole different issue for me if you're constantly talking about being broke but you're not doing nothing about it not only that but you're spending money on fast food all the time oh shoot you better start cooking okay now wait a minute <laughs> sir yeah. you know so i was just like eh financially we're not compatible so and then i knew because he was divorced he had taken on quite a bit of debt with his ex-wife that was also the only person he had been with for like 20 something years so to go from that to me you know, I felt like maybe you should just kind of like branch out a little bit. Well, this is to the point, you know what you want now and you right. just go, just leave right. it be. And that's where I kind of, I remember telling a friend when I was uh, back home, I said, yeah, I'm going to break up with him. I said, because this is not, it, it just wasn't working. And I felt like he was trying to force the idea of marriage. And I'm like, listen, I'm not there. I'm trying to tell you this is not going to happen. Um, so it's been a year now. So it's it's been a year now. Ironically, he's in another relationship. And I do believe, well, a friend was just telling me recently, um, he proposed to her. And so I felt like he was one of those guys. That just wanted like, to be with someone. want to be with someone. Because he specifically told me, he got drunk one time and told me, he was like, I don't want to grow old by myself and die. Yeah, thinking, yeah he just wanted to be with someone. And you needed a place to live. Oh, because Jesus. he was at his sister's house. You know, so I was just like, yeah, yeah. them just flags. Just red flags. I was like, just so sorry. We're, like, we're going to call this quits. <laughs> and it got crazy because a whole different side of him came out. He threw a Kindle at me, and I was like, yo, you about to make me call my dad. And my dad, I don't know what my dad said to him, because he wouldn't leave my house. I said, I'm going to call the police if you don't leave. And, uh, yeah, my dad was like, give me his number. They had a conversation. Next thing I know, it was quiet. He had walked away. He was gone. My dad was like, I'm getting ready to get on a flight to Atlanta and handle business. Because my dad doesn't fly. He was like, if I get on a plane, you in trouble. You know, so it just, it was just a learning lesson for me, mm-hmm. you know, just 
basically know your worth. You got to know your worth, what you're willing to deal with, um, compromise on. And at this point, mm-hmm. I'm just like, listen. So you just straight single now? I and am just, just single. <laughs> And just being you, you know, just, just being me, just I being am, yourself. You know? I think everyone yeah. needs that space mm-hmm. to a point where you just need time yourself, even get to know yourself. And that's where, yeah, yeah, that's, you just, that's where I am now because you know I'll find myself um, getting involved with somebody, and I'm like, oh, you know, things are cool in the beginning, and it's kind of like, you know what, I see this is probably not going to be the best situation, or it's mm-hmm. not going to work, and you just kind of take a step back. Because um, I'm just at a point where I'm like, you know, there's no reason to rush into anything. Whatever happens, happens. Um, whoever God has for you, mm-hmm. you'll figure it out at some point. So, like, in closing, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for women right now that's been married and going through many hurdles that you have been through? Um, I would say know your worth and trust your gut know your worth and trust your good. Um, you don't have to, you know, put up with things, try to save face, you know, you may feel stuck, but understand that there's always a way out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you sense that something is wrong, chances are it probably is, especially just looking back on, you know, history or patterns, things of that nature. Um, and then definitely, you know kind of i think like you said women you need to get to know yourselves you Mm -hmm. really need to get to know yourself love yourself and you know understand that you deserve better you deserve better so you know that's that's what i had to do so okay (laughs) well thank you for coming this is exciting for me to just be in atlanta interviewing my cousin (laughs) we real cousins (laughs) y'all ain't no play play (laughs) so thank you everyone for tuning in to life her podcast where we heal women all over the world don't forget to follow us on instagram and facebook life her podcast and also our website you can listen to all the other podcast episodes and you can purchase life her merchandise And we love you, ladies. I am Yvette Lloyd. I am Life Her, and you are Life Her. Thank you. Bye.